hello and welcome to The Unknown Unknown. That was Yosefa Sidibe from his album Sacred Sound, a glorious piece of music my friend Elliot Cole shared with me. You can't find it on Spotify or Bandcamp anymore, but it is still on YouTube if you want to listen. I am here today for the final episode of my first season. We're going to do a little wrap-up of the interviews and some of the things we've talked about. And I have my wonderful sister, Hannah, again to help me converse a bit about the things that we've covered this season. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Good morning. So... <laughs> there are we are in nature today and every day and it feels like forever since we recorded the pod the pilot episode and I just I'm curious how you know you you interviewed people who are very important to you and who explained things explained how they exist in the energetic world and how they work with energetics. And it was very interesting to me to see how those, those bits and pieces came together and are you basically are parts of you. But do you feel like having their beliefs explained in a more tangible way has changed or shifted any of your way of being in the energetic world yeah it's really interesting especially that first interview with marza as she spoke i was like oh my gosh i can't believe how many things she's saying are things i have so fully integrated into who i am and you know she other than grandma she was the teacher I had the longest ago. So there's been the longest time for, for integration of, of concepts and a way of thinking. And she really changed my world in terms of, of earth-based living and being. And it was beautiful to hear her speak and feel like I could have said a lot of those things and then remembering where they came from. And that happened with everyone. And of course, with grandma, especially and I had such a great time talking to her because she brought up things I had no idea about, like that her family wasn't religious and they didn't go to church. I just was shocked by that, that she just went by herself, even as a little kid, which is just amazing. And so her. Um, so, <laughs> so, her. so I don't know if, you know, another thing that was surprising is I had so many more things I wanted to talk about, such depth I wanted to get into. And every conversation, while we talked about fascinating things, we didn't even get a fraction of, of what I'd hoped to, to get in, which is a interesting learning for podcasting for me, but also is, well, I've been studying and working with these people for years and years. So of course you can't get you know, all of it in 40 minutes. <laughs> um, but it gives me a lot more to work on with, you know, future seasons. And it also um, helped me kind of go back to the basics and the, the kind of foundation of a, a lot of the things I've learned and 
I don't know whether it was that specifically or just, I don't know, time or other things in my life, but I feel so much more grounded in my own way of doing all of this. Um, and I, I would guess it probably is from, from those conversations in a lot of ways, because I had to think about, you know, coming up with the questions and how to talk about the things I wanted to talk about with these people. I had to kind of reverse engineer um, a lot of the things I've learned to try to get back to why they came up in the first place. And, and so I, they could be presented, you know, in a more interesting way than just like throwing a bunch of facts or I don't know if you even call all of these things facts, but whatever, that people. <laughs> so, my answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yes, a confirmed yes. Um, that's so funny. That makes me think of, I rewatched The Garden State recently, and there were a few conversations in that movie that were, that are my current belief system. And I, you know, I first watched it 15 years ago and I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, sometimes when things are so integrated into who you are, oh you don't God. realize that they're yes. an external source. And it was just like a few little tidbits about, you know, how to be in the world. Um, anyway, and having, I mean, you really were speaking to elders, you know, you're, you very specifically were speaking to elders and I, I'm just wondering or thinking that all of them have their own elders and their own little tidbits that have been been folded into who they are as well. And it just speaks to me of how how unique we are as beings and how our messages are so important because they come through us differently. We pick up things and they distill and come mm-hmm. through differently. Uh, I had that happen with, uh, with practical magic. <laughs> it was pretty not, embarrassing. I'm surprised. I had that too. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty scary how those, like those movies kind of infiltrate our being. Yeah. They really do. And it reminds us of how, impressionable we are in so many ways and how important it is what we have around us and we're I mean you and I both and now the world because of the virus following suit are getting a kind of distillation of their of our own lives and ways of being right now because we're doing less and um you were just speaking of how you, you, there was so much more that could have come through in your, in your episodes, but I'm really feeling the less is more. And I know you do in your life as well. Yeah. Mark especially talked about his antecedents or like the people who, who brought him the wisdom he he kind of brings forward and I really liked how he brought in names and and stories of individuals that were really important to him and I think it's such an important thing not just of our physical ancestry but our 
intellectual and spiritual and emotional ancestry who has fed us over the years. And then the topic of elders. It was it wasn't my original intention to interview basically all my elders, but there's a few more I really would have liked to have gotten in, but I got really into it after the second one. I was like, I want all the elders. They're just so amazing (laughs) to talk to. And I just found this pace, like with Judith, when we talked, it was like the whole world slowed down a little bit. And our conversation just was like a breath and there was no hurry to it. And it was just so relaxing. And I really appreciated that the tone and the pace of it just doesn't feel often these days that that we have that. And on your last note, less is more, absolutely. And I think, you know, it being a beginner podcaster, I learned a lot on what you can actually accomplish in, in an episode, not because of any reason other than things need to be in digestible pieces, coherent digestible pieces. So um, as with life, I totally, totally feel strongly about less is more. In my own kind of spiritual meanderings that I often get back to the conclusion that everything is simple and we need a lot less than we think we do. And I'm not talking about material things I'm talking about immaterial sometimes we don't need as many words to explain things or as many um, stories we're so cerebral as humans and you know it's you are interviewing people you're using words using tangible things talking about the intangible talking about spirit basically and absolutely it's it's so interesting this has exactly been a topic of thought for me for the last couple days and this morning I was making coffee and I was thinking about crystals and you and I both have such a history with crystals and um I've also been doing some breath work and in that there's been this theme of of letting go and which is a, a cornerstone of less is more right especially in our hyper complex material world and i think you're exactly right and and part of what i hope to continue to uncover with this in our our conversations on here is that we don't need all the explanation. We don't need to understand. We don't need to have, you know, graphs of certainty and and measurements of, you know, analytic acuity and all of these like uh, complexities. We just, if you just like can find a way to settle into the nothingness it it provides everything you need and that doesn't even something you can really feel and and what I was thinking about with crystals is how much I wished when I first started I don't know playing with them or 
being interested in them and loving them. I wished they would do magical things. And I was thinking this morning how so much of our desires with magic are around not working, like not doing the work, and that we just wish things would magically happen. Like, you know, when you hold a crystal to you that your heart will open. And it's like this, that, that would be amazing. And a crystal can definitely help with that. But learning to open your heart takes practice and determination and not in a trying all the time way. It's like the opposite, but you have to be willing to let go of so many things in order to do that. So, so many things and your to-do list and your need to open your heart and your worries that you might not do it or your worries you won't only do it once or, you know, there's 10 million things that you have to let go of in order to do this stuff. And you just have to do that work, which is also sort of unwork. Um, but there's no shortcut. And then, then you have the magic. Does that make sense? Yes. To me. Yes. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) (laughs) But that's because you and I have an understanding about these things and, you know, having that experience of crystal is a beautiful example of, um, of that, that balance between the push and pull, the try and the allow, um, which I feel like is really the secret to magic or living in a magical kind of way, living in a way where you're co-creating. Because if you have a crystal with you, you really are... It's amplifying something that you already have. So you have to allow yourself to be and be explorative with the energy that's already inside of you and expand that. And that's really what we're doing all the time with anything that we want to learn or do um, is just growing a seed. Right, right. And it's amazing how the difficult part isn't the quote-unquote magic or I'm going to stick with my opening the heart example. It's not that the hard part is all the other stuff you have to stop doing in order to do that. It's, you know, a lot of focus comes in and, and focus has been an important word throughout these interviews and throughout the last few months I think for me anyways and one of the things I always find when I start having less in my life is I have such better focus and you know doing less means I have more energy for the things that I choose to keep in my life and that focus is so important and so hard to get these days it's it really takes a lot of work to let go of all the things in order to have that moment. I absolutely concur. It's so concentrated, but so soft, you know, and that's kind of what I, I mean about the simplicity of things is everything doesn't have to have a layer. 
of meaning it can just be and you just allow and there's so much to us as humans so much sensitivity and so much that we're taking in we have our own histories and stories and we have everything happening culturally and the things that happen day to day around us and the less <laughs> can you hear the geese oh, yeah. <laughs> the less noise <laughs> that you have <laughs> your and it doesn't have to be like actually living with less around you it can just be the way in which you are existing in the world of taking in less information um there ends up being more space for you to be curious and discover what's going on inside of you if that makes yeah, sense it does and it's making me think about the whole point of having knowledge or knowing something and that's uh I feel like I lost that a little bit with the podcast because I wanted to go back to the basics and what knowing was before we got into using that knowledge um but the things you're talking about remind me of why are we seeking or even allowing this in our lives and, and what is it for and for me the whole point of expanding knowledge is to make life better. And those are very simple words that mean a lot and they are different for everybody, but especially with prophecy, which is, you know, simply having something to make into the future you can't always figure it out on your own and you need to expand your own horizon or your own perspective or your own knowledge in order to get to a better place. And using the word better, it's a really bad word right here because it's so non-descriptive, but it's just whatever you want for your future. And that's what prophecy is to me is this act of looking and seeing what it is you want or don't want to happen and then taking action to do that. And, you know, it's a lot less of seeing the future and like, Oh, that's what's going to happen. But you see the future and then you're like, Oh God, not that. I do not want that to happen. And then you take action to not do that. And without this concept of pushing past what you know, you know, and even what you know you don't know into this whole new unknown unknown, you might not get the most interesting results because we can get in these feedback loops where we're just trying to get away from something or just trying to get towards something. And that's all that we're doing is, you know, pinging back and forth between what we want and what we don't want. But when we allow in information from, somewhere outside of ourselves or I mean it can be from literally anything person place object spirit whatever um, it can expand us in a way that gives us new ideas I um I had a friend in grad school 
named Alejandra and she would always say the universe is much more creative than we are. And I believe that so fully every single day. Um, when we when left to our own devices and are controlling our lives ourselves, it can get really boring. But when we let, let a little of the sunshine in, if you will, things get wild, but it, it's never boring. And that, that kind of tinging back and forth that you're talking about, you know, when we have those, those roadblocks or living the same um, lessons over and over again, really we're just getting more depth you know, just adding this layer of depth and appreciation to everything, to our existence. You know, I, I love that. I also love that quote that the, that universe is more creative than we are. Because it's true. It's just true. And, and isn't there comfort in that you know I I know that that kind of falling back into faith or into God is a more uh you know religious notion but you know somebody deeply spiritual I find that really really helpful to just kind of trust the process of of life that it's just it's going to happen and it's going to be more interesting and more creative than I could conceptualize of like allowing, allowing guidance is, um, is really profound and really counterintuitive to how we're being raised at this point. (laughs) I feel like it's just so much, um, do, do, do like you have to do things to make them happen um and yeah again it's that it's that balance of action and inaction and the letting go yeah Mm -hmm. that's been the other part of my a big realization in this breath work I've been doing is um that and this is very specific for me but it it is it's been really interesting to experience is that um, I have time-based anxiety. So I worry about everything being done, um, which would contrast between like social anxiety or the other, other forms. So I'm like constantly like getting things done. Like what you just said. I mean, it is, it is deep. And what I realized was that getting things done doesn't release anxiety. It doesn't. What, what releases anxiety is me being like, I'm not going to worry about that right now because it will be done. And there's like a physical release in my body of the tension I'm holding because the doing of the thing is like the checking of the box is not telling my body, don't worry about it. You know, it will be okay. But so, so what I'm saying is that there's a that letting go and that conscious process of allowing and just being is where we have control. And, you know, we can work ourselves into a tizzy getting things done, but the actual doing of the things isn't what makes us feel better unless the thing itself 
is what feels better. The checking of the box, not that helpful, really. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not what you do. It's how you feel about it. You know, like, really in a, in a deep way. It's, it just, it doesn't matter what happens. It matters where you are mentally, emotionally, and, yeah, how you feel about it. So, and that's all we're really doing is chasing feelings. Yeah. And if you're like sitting there doing the dishes, like I got to finish this, I got to finish this, it's really not going to be fun. And it's the same thing if, if you're trying to open your heart, you're like, I got to open it. Like, oh, no. Really, you know, I'm thinking back to your interviews and to these elders who have existed in a time um, which is much more present oriented than where we are now um, in terms of the layers of busyness and distraction that we have. And did you find that they had more presence in a way, because they've existed for longer <laughs> during times of humanity where, you know, you could just be a human and you didn't have to be half on your phone and virtual and things like that. Oh, man. I think about that all the time. I, well, like I watched Turn. Have you ever, uh, watched, did you ever watch it? It's like a TV show about the Revolutionary War. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, they live with, like, candles, you know, and pieces of paper. And I'm like, oh, my God, what would my life be? How much free time would I have if I didn't have, you know, 85% of the things in my life right now did not exist? So that's a little more extreme. But, uh, I mean, we were completely different our input was completely different. I don't know how this being I am right now was considered the same thing as a being who was like happy and, and adjusted to living with candles, you know, like, I don't know, but <laughs> just, you know, one generation back to talking to our elders, or I guess I was, I was talking to people two generations back. Um, I don't know if I can answer that because these are all people who actively cultivated presence deeply you know, that's, that's who they are. And yeah, sitting with them, you're like, this is who you are. <laughs> you are here now with me. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to, to feel. And, you know, that's also what you feel with spirit when you are doing a reading is there's just a presence. And it's, I hadn't really thought about this before, but it's the same thing sitting in front of Marza or Mark or Judith that there's something more than <laughs> what meets the eye. And if you close your eyes and, and just feel what's around with that human, you know, that subtle energy is what you feel in a, in a reading. And it's um, that sort of practice or that that engaging with that subtle very subtle level of non-physical senses um, and allowing information to come through that 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 we're doing all the time 
you know, we, we recognize it with these people when we talk to them and we recognize the opposite with other people when you talk to them. And, and that is really the skill that you hone in, in mediumship or other psychic work. And I know that wasn't your question, but it, it came up as, as I answered your actual question. No, that's, that's my question. <laughs> it's the, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I believe it was you and I, we were just saying the other day, I was, you know, I, I work with horses and I just, I don't think about other things when I'm with the horses because I have to be physically present and, you know, I've kind of used them in a way because I love them so much to keep pulling me towards this presence which is really physical like very very physical and we were talking about breath work um as being a gateway to that kind of physicality that allows divinity basically um and like yoga is a really really beautiful example of that um and i think pretty much everybody listening has had can relate to an experience where they were dancing or, um, you know, just like really in their bodies and that feeling, (laughs) that, that feeling of divinity that you have where, which is really just presence, but it's accessed through physicality is fascinating to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, we all have to have, find our ways of, of cultivating that, that deep presence. And man, we are challenged these days with being, being out of our presence um, via, yeah, via our phones mostly. Um, well, and it's a, it's a, it isn't, it is so, it's so ingrained in our minds and anyone who experiences any sort of anxiety is, is dealing with that. You have to strip away those layers of things that you're thinking about or worrying about or have on your mind as well. It's not just the device in front of you. You remove that device and I'm still thinking about 25 different things and that's aided by the device, but you know, I'm walking in the woods, I'm still thinking about, you know, 18 different things, maybe a few have gone away. You know, it is an active process to learn, again, how to strip away all that extra thinking. And that's what meditation is, you know, that practice. And, you know, step one, strip away all the thinking. Step two, listen to your body fascinating what comes up that way then you know if you get to step three where you're then able to actually listen to something other than your mind or your body and you're able to pick up on you know energy on psychic information which is again just any information that's not from the five senses and or spirit all of these things you know, you have to go through those other layers. You have to get past your your mind and in a lot of ways past your body. And you can do a lot of readings through your body, but 
um, there's there's a real benefit to not using your body because then you're not um, receiving whatever the information is into your cells, which you don't always necessarily want, which anyways, I'm not going to go too far into that because it is a, that's a really complicated thing to talk about. Maybe we can talk about it next time. <laughs> no, but it's, it's important and it's fascinating. And, you know, we were talking about how I had uh, my only experience in a uh, mediumship development class that um, everybody had chosen a specific song um, that, yeah, that resonated with them and made them feel something. And then the song was put on whenever it was somebody's turn and we all just like felt the song with them. And there was something about that being in their own in the energy of that, of that song and of that bot in their body and in their presence that allowed for the messages to come through really clearly. And, um, you know, I, just as you were saying that you have to be careful not to experience things in your, in your body, that there is something about experiencing your own body and having that real feeling for your energy that allows for knowing when there's a different energy with you. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I mean. I like that you bring up music because I, in my sort of letting go uh, explorations, I've been thinking a lot about how dancing or singing or playing music um, or even just listening is a letting go because you have to hand over control of your physical movements and decisions of, of at what point you move your body to what you're listening to. And so you're, you know, there's a letting go in that in moving to the rhythm and the melody instead of what your brain is thinking you should do. And that might be subtle, but for me, it's a, it's a really beautiful way to let go. Well, that's it, right? That being in your physicality, being beyond thought, most of your motor functions are, or all of them are beyond thought. So it's no wonder that that's such a powerful tool. Yeah. Wow. We could probably keep talking like this for another few hours, maybe years. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think we'll know each other forever. Yeah, that's for sure. Or else we'd be in trouble. Well, I think. I feel like we should have planned some sort of cliffhanger to get people to listen next season, but um, <laughs> I hope you listen next season. <laughs> we'll be talking more about ex existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, you know, it'd be really interesting to um, interview more contemporaries and even just for you feeling the difference in energy in the room. Yes, that's that's the plan is both interviewing contemporaries and um, also getting into to prophecy. And one form of prophecy that I am very interested in is is creative works. And just like, you know, we normally think of prophecy as like seeing your future and for individuals or for societies or or places. But it's also you know, you have to do that in order to make a creative work. You have to see it and then, or hear it or 
you know, whatever modality and then make it. So it's, it's very much the same thing. And I, I hope to get into that next season as well. Yeah. I mean, it is the same thing. It's beyond thought. It's instead of experiencing, it's creating out of that place. So just being in that place of stillness and being, <laughs> it's creating out of that place. Right. So that'll be really interesting. Well, I, I, I think they're the same, the same thing, whether you're creating your life or you're creating your community or your government or whatever it is, you're prophesying a piece of art. They're all something you have to envision Ooh. and then make. So much goodness there that we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, as our mother would say, I'll let you get on with your day. I'll, I'll let, let you go. go. I'll let you all go. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Hannah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you next time, everyone. <laughs>